Welcome to the Ether. Today is Sunday, May 29th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Cosmos Potluck, NFTs, IBCs, Web3s, hosted by Cosmos Haas. Let's take a listen. That's pretty bad. I can't even look at it. I just think about like the technologies and I just Well, they give that advice to Main Street. Just don't look at your portfolio. SP is down, you know, 20%. Just don't look. Yeah, everything's so wrecked right now. And then I get really worried too because I keep track of like the real estate market. And I think last time I looked, it was like 6.75 times like the medium price went up. And the medium household income has been pretty stagnant. So that's just a gigantic, gigantic bubble that we're in right now too. It's actually the biggest bubble probably ever. I mean, the prices are just so out of hand with house with homes and then if you did own a home and with all the prices going up and then you, your taxes keep going up and up and up and it's just, it's really, it's kind of a bad little cycle that we're in right now. Something has to change. And uh, it, it, It's the same in Canada. Uh, real estate's like 17% of our GDP. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy because it's just like, it's just the, I don't know how, what you guys calculate your, your inflation at rate, but ours is so fake. Like, it's so much higher than what they say. I was listening to uh, this this doctor of economics. I, I can't. He's from, he's from over in like the Middle East somewhere, but he was a brilliant guy. I should know his name. I can't think right now. But anyways, he was just talking about economics and saying about petroleum and all this type of stuff. And he was saying that the prices of everything have gone up substantially. It's the first time since like the seventies. Like every single price is like just at least over fifteen percent. Uh, from what it, what, it, what it's normally at and that everyone's income's the same and just it's it's kind of scary to think about this huge bubble that we're in so i don't know what they're gonna do I get, it has to break at some point it's gonna be unfortunate but at the end of the day i mean that's kind of why i got involved with crypto it, it, it just one of many reasons but just i understand economics and money and it's just not sustainable what they're doing they just keep printing and it just has to run out at some point so <laughs> just hope crypto can bridge that uh factor over. Hopefully. yeah so i mean so there's a famous uh he's not an economist but he worked for an airplane company like a delta and they wanted to save costs so he figured out just taking olive out of the salad taking olive out of the jar so i don't know if you've ever heard that phrase but it's essentially shrinkflation so your bag of chips still costs four bucks but it's a lot less. It's often kind of what happens to to balance the scales when the prices get a little too out of control. Yeah, and it's real out of control because this guy was also saying that a lot of us, the, the gasoline prices in general, even during like a good economy, they go up in the summertime because everyone's driving and flying. And and he was saying like if, if China like opens back up and they don't use like their oil reserves, that the prices may get super out of hand for gasoline prices. And 
it's already out of hand. So if it, if it, he was talking like higher, like seven plus dollars a gallon, and that's in America, and that's just ridiculous. I mean, it's already ridiculous. Like you never, I don't care what vehicle you had, you would never see like fifty dollars on your pump. Now it's like that's just average. Like you're, I just shut my pump off at fifty. I don't care where it goes. I'm like fifty is the max I'm putting. <laughs> I just can't do it. It's just like this. I'll just get five miles down the street. It's all good. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah, my, my diesel truck costs like three hundred dollars and I and I only can drive so. So, um. Maybe we can tell everybody what we've been doing at Vidulum a bit. Corey's here now. Um, for folks who don't know, we're a self-custody crypto wallet. Uh, totally web-based, so you can use it on any device. And one of the things we spent a lot of time doing is integrating Cosmos chains. So recently we've added Adam, Osmo, Wawa, uh, or Hua Hua, depends how you want to pronounce it, Bitsong, Bitcana, and Umi. Um, and we've been working on ensuring that, you know, it's stable, that it's very usable and that the consensus participation mechanisms built into the wallet are very functional. Hey, right. man. Hey, what's up, Corey? How you doing, bud? Hey, what's going on, Hoss? How you doing? How you been? Pretty good. Thanks, guys, for having us. Appreciate it. No, this is I, I couldn't agree more about the, the gas, but I definitely don't want to go back to that topic because I've just been, walking, you know, 70 miles to work uphill both ways in snow during the summer so um yeah it's it's crazy out there but we've been trying vidulum wise to to support this space even by 10 15 percent of what has supported us since we joined it's incredible difference between it's all crypto and blockchain but it's it's very impressive to uh to be on the other side of the of the fence where the the grass looked greener, you get over here and it's like, well, this is actually really nice. I'm going to take my shoes and socks off and, and check this out. So, no, it's, it's beautiful over here in the cosmos world. Um, you know, obviously all, all the space in and of itself has its own difficulties. I'm not going to mention any names, <laughs> uh, but the Dulum is listing as many of these cosmos chains as we possibly can. And, uh, uh, our hard focus right now is IBC. We want we want to uh, catch up on that so that um, this is just going to keep exploding like like you guys have seen, which is exactly how this space, this corner was designed to to progress. So we want to support that and and keep engaging with the users and make sure we're fixing issues as they occur and and uh, adding uh, new features when they're asked for as much as we can, as quickly as we can and. Yeah, so that's one of the big takeaways for us in a selfish perspective uh, in this space today is to find out what folks would like to see uh, listed next on Vidulum from the Cosmos neck of the woods. So uh, either tweet it or drop it in the chat or uh, tag Haas, tag us, um, tag each other. Or probably not the end of that. Say again? Is on Vidulum yet? Which one is it? I'm sorry, it's cutting off. Yeah, you're, you're fine. It's almost like you're up. Uh, it's like really muffled when you're speaking. I don't know if you're just in a bad spot. Yeah, um, I think you said Comdex, though. Yeah. No, no, Comdex is not listed yet. Uh, I'll definitely, I'm jotting it down right now. I'm very aware well of that um, of that project, too. So that that's definitely, and all of them are going to be listed eventually. Uh, we're almost all of them. We 
our main goal is projects that are actively developed, heavily supported by the community, right? So just like us here, jump together, help each other out, share the knowledge and, um, and try and ease the burden that the economy, the crypto world, the bear market, the bull market that, that, that bears in mind. So we try and, we try and list projects that we don't necessarily endorse, but we, we support their, their ideas as much as we can. And whether it's a tiny group, one dev and one project that's been kicking at the can for a year, two, three, or it's a massive project, you know, like Adam itself or Solana or something like that, that that's got the, got the funds and got the team behind it. So uh, Comdex, I've written it down. And uh, if anybody else that's not a speaker wants to throw something out there, like I said, you can DM us on Twitter. Uh, you can let Haas know. He'll, he'll let us know if somebody asks, um, tag us and, and whatever is your best form of communication. Join up one of our discords um, and we'll get the message. So thank you. You should join the Discord anyway. Um, these are all supported in the non-custodial tip bot. Oh yeah, I forgot about the sending the tips. Yeah, that that's that's something that nobody else that I know of has done yet in a non-custodial fashion. That's that's pretty cool to be able to send it. It's um you know, it supports all the Cosmos chains we have listed right now and it will support IBC as soon as those channels are are up and going in the wallet. Uh that 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 has a whole another layer of feature when it comes to the, uh, the Vadula map is that tip bot is is slick. We would love to get it into Telegram and some other um, media programs like Twitter and such, but for now it's just solely Discord, but still very enjoyable. Yeah, that'd be cool to have it uh, like on Twitter and um, Telegram. It's just always cool to be able to interact in different features than just like a pure message base. And then the only thing that I would ask, uh, is, is it in the pipeline at all to essentially be able to view nfts on on your application oh yeah absolutely so bandwidth is our biggest problem by far you know it's both bridget and i work full-time jobs uh vidulum started out as a hobby and then became a passion and now has become a second job for both of us and and actually many many community members or folks that have even moved to team positions so yes nft you know we're going to support it one way or another we would love to be able to support it on each individual uh layer one chain or or really whatever chains launch their own nfts we would love to have nfts on our chain as well one day too so but it's a bandwidth thing so it'll it's coming uh i just can't give you a timeline on when nice yeah because that's that's one of the things that kind of uh annoys me with all my different nfts is i have to go through so many different places to view them all like i just wish it could just be like right now Kepler's getting better because because star star um stargaze is getting bigger and there's just more on there and i have a bunch on there so i could see them but i just it's just like uh, i got some on my metamask i just wish i could just have them all in one place where i could just look at them all together I don't care what chain it's on. It's like, oh, it's on Solana or it's on this one. I just want to be able to just like click NFTs on my phone and see them all. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually on the pylons roadmap for sure. That's something that like that we are gonna um, that the, you know our our mobile app is very much like focused on being just like about you and your NFTs, and we want it to be you know right now like because we're also building a chain like it's it really is focused right now on the pylons chain, but. I definitely want it to be a, um, you know, 
an, an all your NFTs on every chain kind of, uh, kind of experience. Um, and I think, you know, I think, um, you know, as I've said before, like you know, pylons is pylons is a mobile first experience and it's a, it's a items first experience, right? Like we don't, we're not really worried about, we're not really that interested in desktop and we're not that interested in fungible tokens, money of any kind. Like we really are about items on mobile, but we all, we, that said, we want to be chain agnostic, right? We want to be the way that like, you know, you pull all of your sort of like stuff together in one place uh, to see it, uh, you know, in the pylons app. And that's, that's like far enough down the road that it isn't going to happen this year. Cause we have like a whole bunch of stuff to do with our own chain, but it's definitely something that's like part of the eventual goal. So Michael, that's, that's amazing. I'm not sure if everyone here knows who you are, if you want to just do a quick little intro and I, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Like even MetaMask, I, I'm not a big EVM person, but I even, I realized that they're, mobile wallet is actually better than their desktop wallet i don't even think on your desktop for metamask that they even have an nft option you actually have to like open up OpenSea and then go through there it's real annoying but the like their mobile it just has an nft tab you click it and then you can see all your nfts like it's like okay that's that's how it should be for everything really I, that and that would be amazing if you guys know that where I could just have NFTs everywhere because I'm getting to the point with my like with NFTs. I help out different communities and I, I don't really care what chain. I mean, I prefer them to be Cosmos, but if it's like a really cool art and community and it's, you know, Ethereum or Solana or wherever, it's like, I'll, you know, I'll help out or get get involved because I just like NFTs and communities. So that, that would be super cool to be able to use your application and just have everything in one spot. So I don't have to like look around and deal with all that stuff because it, it gets kind of annoying. That's the goal. And I think, you know, MetaMask is, they're, they are slow, you know, they're expanding beyond EVM, right? Like slowly, like Avalanche, they, they have the Avalanche C-Chain stuff, right? So they're not 100% EVM only, but like, you know, Evmos uses MetaMask. And um, so, so like they're, they're an interesting, they're an interesting player in this space. And they're, you know, they're really, um, they're really good. I'm a big fan of them as like a, as like a development team, you know, uh, I, I will say, so I'll give you the intro about pylons, right? Pylons, pylons is, is a digital property platform um, for sort of like the mass market. So our goal is to make mobile experiences that are powered by digital items, easy to build and easy to use. So that's, you know, that's, that's what we're all about. Um, You know, that, that means like blockchain, like, blockchain gaming um it means like blockchain ticketing it means you know whatever sort of like nft type stuff you want to do where you're sort of like you know patronage type experiences um you know i'm really interested in fantasy sports so there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can do out there with blockchain that i think is significantly improved by blockchain but that actually doesn't primarily have anything to do with money of any kind, right? So we're like a we're a blockchain company, but we're really not a cryptocurrency company because like we don't we don't want to get involved in currency. Um, that's that's sort of what we're about, and I think that like from the perspective of building a mobile NFT platform, and we'll see if this turns out to be true. But I think that we have a little bit of an advantage in that like no one's going to go to our app to to like see their balance. No one's going to go to our app to like figure out which of their liquidity pools is the most profitable, right? Like they're only going to go to our app to like deal with their stuff. And that gives us, I think like a better, um, it, it means we don't have to try to like 
make our app do a whole lot of things. And I, and I hope it lets us focus on really optimizing like the digital items experience on mobile for regular people, right? In a way that like MetaMask, who, who is amazing, you know, may not be able to build something that is like pure, pure NFT because, you know, everyone wants to know about their tokens, right? Yeah, I like that. I like having Bridget on too because she asked a lot of good questions. So I think Bridget just unmuted herself. Do you have anything to ask? And you guys can just do your thing and go back and forth. I don't care. Sure. Um, well, I was actually just looking at the Pylon site. So you just mentioned you, you uh, I guess you'll have a native coin though, because you you need it in order to protect the chain. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah, that's right. There is a um there is a token that you know, okay. does that secure secure process, but it lives in a basically totally separated world, right? So the world of people who hold the bedrock token um, it isn't really necessarily related to the world of people who like have downloaded the app and actually use the product, right? Like the bedrock token is for investors and it's just not, it's not involved in sort of like how the product actually operates. Sounds interesting. So how like will your, I, I'm assuming you're targeting like Main Street anybody who's not in it already, how will they, like, will they need the bedrock token? Is it called bedrock? Sorry. Uh, or pylons? Yeah. I'm, I've got this like civil engineering kind of like metaphor I'm trying to go with. So like, you know, the pylons rise out of the bedrock is like kind of my like metaphor. <laughs> um, I like that. It's all bridges. Uh, no, you don't need Bedrock to use the app. So there's there's a few ways. There's basically three ways to, to spend money in the app. One is that we have a direct payment gateway inter- integration. So we have we have it built with Stripe, but we could do whatever payment processor. So you can charge, you can price uh, a transaction in dollars, and then the user can pay with a credit card and submit the receipt to the chain. So you you, you know, you have a receipt that Stripe signs that says you paid the money. The chain then reads that receipt, recognizes it and issues you, you know, and then allows the transaction to go through, whether that's whatever kind of transaction that is. It could be minting an NFT. It could be like upgrading your sword or whatever it is. Right. So you can price directly in dollars. And if you have an account with a payment processor, um, you can just receive that money in fiat on the fiat rails. So we, we're really trying to sort of handle this gateway like fiat on ramp situation in a way that like the fiat world, the fiat payment world stays itself. And it just sort of like tangentially spins off these digital items that then live in our world. Right. But, but we don't have to like, there's no, like, you know, there's no money that that sort of like that moment is where the money changes hands. I don't know if I've explained that right. So that's one way. Another way. I get get where you're headed. um, Another way is that we're IBC enabled. So, you know, you can price your items in Atom or, or, um, you know, we're working on, on uh, right now, now that like Axelar seems to be solidifying, we're working on being able to price your, your stuff in Ethereum, um, you know, whatever sort of like IBC token you want to bring in and then say like, hey, this, this item costs this much, this game costs this much, you know, we'll, we'll handle payments in that currency. And then the third way is you can actually sort of issue your own currency, um, you know, which isn't transferable. It's sort of like you can you can do sort of like the gems of like a, of like free to play mobile gaming sort of yourself, where you can be like, all right, you can buy this like you can buy these points and then you can spend them in game. You have that sort of 
you know, I don't know. It's not my favorite way that things work, but that's actually how almost all money in gaming changes hands right now is with these like sort of pseudo currencies. Credits. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, with those, that's how we sort of monetize things. And we really are sort of, we are really trying to lean hard on the other, basically there's so many people trying to build payment systems right now in so many ways that we are basically saying, okay, great. We're going to try to integrate every payment system that everybody wants to integrate. You know, what we want to do is digital item lifecycle, right? And we'll, we'll sort of accept any payment methodology you guys want, you guys want to make available. Well, you chose a good uh, baseline blockchain tech, definitely, uh, especially with the IBC and the other chain support. I, so the pylons module is your guys's, right? This is the this is module is unique to you guys. I saw. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Okay. The, um, just reading through and catching up on the messages and and events, but the this looks really good. The um and sounds really good too, for that matter. So obviously, we're going to need to you know, get together with you guys offline, get you guys connected up to the Vidula map because, um, you know, the Cosmos support for other projects is exactly our roadmap right now in short term. So, but then this other, the Epochs module, is that the same Epochs module used on Osmo right now? Yeah, we pulled that in from Osmo. Unmodified. Okay, cool. I, I'm very intrigued by that module itself too. So, um, so I'll, I'll do, I'm, familiar with that one but i'm going to do some more digging through pylons and then maybe uh since we haven't dug into the nft side of things yet if you guys are building these connections between we can um do our best to just provide a a easy way for users to interact with your nft your connections to the other blockchains if it brings it all together at least as a starting point i I think that'd be really cool you know so so let me just sort of like give you one of my sort of business needs that I think about a bunch, which is sort of like, you know, somebody wants to, you know, somebody has priced something in ETH, right? Somebody made, uh, and then I think this is going to be a pretty common thing, right? There is this possibility that ETH stays, that like ETH as money, like out, out competes Ethereum as compute, right? Um, because like, it's sort of, Ethereum's compute is like limited at scale in a way that sort of the concept of ETH, of ETH as money isn't, right? So, so okay, you want to do something priced in ETH, but on pylons, you have to get ETH into pylons. And we, as sort of a matter of principle, aren't interested in like handling moving ETH, right? Like that's just not what we do. It's not what we, we don't want to do it. So there is this question of like, okay, well, what does that look like? How do we get, like, what, what does a user do to like get ETH across the bridge and then across the IBC connection and into pylons. And like, you know, is that with Kepler? Is that like on satellite.money? But if the, if the Doolum is like in a place of like, oh yeah, that's something we're, you know, we're a cross chain wallet. We really want to be able to do moving stuff in that way. That would be a really cool thing, way to work together. Yeah. When all the keys are in one place, right. We can quote unquote bridge. And I hate to use that, that word as a comparison, but really we can link everything together because the user's keys are in one safe place in the custody of the user and only the user. Right. So if they've got uh, an ERC that's, you know, resting on top of the Ethereum blockchain, they want to move it through a couple chains or, or hops, just like a network would, um, to get it to the pylons chain so that they can interact with the NFTs or whatever that, that I agree. It shouldn't be your guys's issue because if you're trying to specialize in the uh, non-fungible token world and like you said, um, not just 
not just uh, digital asset creation, right, but also real world uh, engagement too, which is also intriguing. So I want to talk to you more about that or hear more about that. Then um, yeah, that's that's where our role is. Kepler's fantastic. I I have zero complaints. Um, well, besides that, they haven't listed Vidulum yet, but besides that, I have no complaints. I think their product is is very well put together and highly supported. Um, the folk, few folks that I've spoken to over there on their team are really friendly and nice. So no issues. Obviously, MetaMask is extremely widely distributed and, and a handful of other Ethereum extensions or, or wallets too. So um, our goal is, is to not take away from any of those tools uh, and only support them, but and maybe even integrate them into our application as well as like another option for users. But really, we want to provide all the services that they're providing already successfully, uh, we want to grow into those positions and then support new chains like like yours or new ideas that are coming out, uh, Launchpad for new projects or help other projects transition over. There's a lot of projects that are still uh, residing on UTXO chains right now that, that technically their core product that they're offering outside of their blockchain doesn't work with the UTXO chain that has a one minute or 10 minute block time and requires proof of work, you know, in their sense. So um, I, we, our goal is just to bring in as many people as possible to the Cosmos side of the world, but still support the other blockchain tech out there and then um, expand on projects like yours and Secret and others that are um, Adam, obviously, Osmo, obviously, I mean, I could go down the list. The, the Cosmos space is so rich in tech and, and um, knowledge that it's just easy to, to nitpick through the whole entire thing and support everywhere we possibly can. So, so yeah, let's do it. This is awesome. I, I love your Thank idea. You. But tell me more about how it can interact with the real world, uh, tangible, like in my hand type items. Did, did you touch on that? So, you know, we've thought about that a few times. Um, I'm trying to like, Blank, you know, this is like a year ago was the last time I talked to this company because I'm speaking at NYC, NFT NYC in a month or three weeks or whatever. And there was someone who like I was talking to last year about this who does, you know, there are people who are doing these sort of like very simple single use signers that you can attach to items that will basically just like, you know, transfer themselves or whatever. So you can do like real world provenance. Um, I, you know, my general philosophy is that the less something exists, the better blockchain is for it. Um, you know, and that sort of like, so why did it start with money is because like money kind of doesn't exist, right? Like what is, and, and this is sort of like, obviously I can like, you know, people, people get really upset or they think whatever, right? It's a very, it's, a, it's sort of a weird way to frame it. But like, you know, I will say that money, money doesn't exist. That's not, a, it's not a real thing, right? Like money is like a, is like a, it's, a, it's an agreement we have, right? That some group of people has about something and enforced in some way. Right. And so, and so blockchain can really handle it. And like, you know, being a, be a ticket to an event, like, you know, it's a piece of paper, but like the privilege to go into an event, isn't a real thing that exists. And so like for blockchain, it's like, it's really great. And, and when you start to get to like real stuff, that stuff really exists. And so trying to track its provenance on the blockchain becomes like deeply complicated because it's subject to all sorts of sort of things that you can't necessarily program your chain to handle. And, you know, I think at the, at the far end of this, and this, this also kind of makes me a pariah in some circles, you come to real estate, which exists so much that I think that blockchain has like no use, you no usefulness whatsoever with respect to real estate, because like real estate is so fundamentally controlled by like 
who has guns on site right now, um, you know, and and that's not what blockchain is about. And so, like, that's sort of how I see the the world. Right. And this is sort of why I'm like really focused on games and art, because like games and art also don't exist. Um, so, you know, I'm interested in like fashion, like physical fashion, because I think it's in this liminal space between like, well, it's an object, but also it's like a symbol of social affiliation. And so you can, you can sort of find a way to do digital item type experiences with it that are useful. Um, but it's complicated by like the actual physical reality of the thing, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, no, perfect sense. I, and I completely agree with you too. I, I think legal has an aspect and, and, uh, you know, record has an aspect, right? Like the ledger on a blockchain, same thing. I think real estate will eventually be able to, uh, I don't want to say be controlled by, but at least managed in some forms of real estate eventually. And then it'll progress. Of course, I think it'll all head this direction as everything progresses, more knowledge and more experience comes into the space. But I, I think what you guys are doing is awesome. And I, and I love the angle that you guys are, are approaching uh, not just blockchain, but the Cosmos chain at. And, and yeah, we're here to support as much as we can. Awesome. So, Michael, uh, I had a guy ask. I, I, I know when we spoke, I don't know, it might have been about a month ago. You kind of told me why, but I want, just for, for everyone else out there, he wanted to know why you guys decided to have your own sovereign chain as opposed to like building on like an existing chain. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, I think that the Cosmos philosophy should be, you know, default to having your own chain. And when you look at what people are doing in the space, some of the heavy hitters, they're trying to make that possible, right? Um, you know, Cosmos Hub is, is really working hard on um, interchain security, which basically means that you can build your chain and... Um, you don't have to you don't have to deal with putting together a validator set, which is like kind of a hassle, right? You can just be like, I'm going to rent security from the Cosmos Hub, which is cool, right? And it means you can sort of like build your own chain much more easily. And you know, it's sort of like the internet has sort of had these this pendulum experience, right? It went from like you could only be on the internet by having an account at a university, and then it was like well, now you can be on the internet with an account at AOL. And then it was like, oh, I can actually like rent a server and like put up my own website. And then it was, some sort of went back and I was like, well, no one's going to look at your website. You have to be on Facebook or nobody's going to see anything, right? And then it was like, Facebook is too old. You got to be on Twitter. You got to be on like Substack, right? And, and so, you know, you have these sort of like, these like expansions and reconsolidations and expansions and reconsolidations, but fundamentally the internet is a horizontally scaled infrastructure. And so if you are going to build something and your plan is for it to succeed and be used by people at any kind of scale, you have to, you don't want to be in a place where you are competing for block space with people who aren't you, right? Like the people who aren't your user. So you just want to have your own chain. And, and for me in particular, like I really firmly believe that um, that mobile, like the broad base of mobile users, will not will not engage with a product that requires you to go and purchase a token to be spent in tiny amounts on gas in order to use the chain. That's an experience that like a lot of us have sort of become numb to, but actually really sucks. 
and it just isn't going to work at scale. And so I turned off gas fees completely on my chain. And, you know, we're working with a bunch of really awesome partners to figure out how to do spam mitigation in some way other than by charging gas fees. But I didn't have a choice. There's no chain out there I could go host on that's going to let me not charge gas fees, right? I had to build my own chain. But that said, I think, any, I think you should be thinking, build your own chain. Build your own chain. Yeah, that's my answer to that. I like that answer. And uh, we got, I don't know if you guys know about Jackal and, and Patrick, but I mean, what they have going on is amazing too. And I'm sure that they, you guys can all collaborate too with them. So what's up, Patrick? Hey man, I, uh, it's ha- happy to be here. I'm just, uh, I'm moving actually right now to a new apartment. It's a little bit smaller, but we get to save $300 a month. So that's nice. But um, today, just building IKEA furniture. I'm willing to talk about Jackal, though. I guess I'm always building. Got the drill in my hand, I guess. But uh, um, how you doing? Good. I mean, I've seen you stopped in. I mean, I know what you guys have going on with, with data storage and what you guys have going on. I feel like everyone building and cause IBC can use your technology in some fashion. So anytime you stop by, I always like to like today's just turning into all kind of developers come and stopping by. So, I mean, if you have any questions to ask any team or vice versa, go for it. I'm just sitting back and enjoying the conversation to be honest with you. Yeah. Nothing like a good old uh, Cosmos potluck on a nice Sunday. I guess. Yeah. That's really what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'll just kind of break down what Jackal is and let's, let's start from the ground up. Um, so what we're doing is we're creating a completely decentralized cloud storage solution, which is private by default. And the reason why we're building that is our background, we come from a legal background where we were trying to build an e-discovery tool way back where we realized that, okay, right now with chain of custody of evidence for court, there's a huge issue where you have to keep these handwritten notes of the chain of custody of evidence files. And it's kind of silly when you have digital evidence files and you still need these handwritten notes in Canada. Uh, that's where I'm from, particularly. So we built an entire e-discovery tool, and then we got to the point where we realized, where are we going to store the data? Um, if you use Google, Amazon, Microsoft Azure, Alibaba Cloud, uh, Tencent, anything along those lines, you have an issue where there's a third party that has access to the data. So that's not a clean forensic environment. Um, other option was we put a server in the office, but that can get DDoS attack. Um, place lights on fire, all these centralized choke points of failure, which is not great as well. Then we sort of look at decentralized data storage and there's some really, really great projects out there that are doing really amazing things. AR Weave is great uh, if you want your data stored forever in perpetuity. Um, it, it's not really scalable, but it's good for like library archives and stuff like that. Um, you have Filecoin, which is great as well. And uh, they have scalability, super cheap, super reliable, a little bit slow. But um, they're doing some really amazing things over at Filecoin Protocol Labs, Filecoin Foundation, those guys. But the fundamental flaw with a lot of blockchain data storage options is the fact that it's either slow, it doesn't have a lot of utility, and most importantly, there's no privacy. And privacy is a really big barrier for enterprise adoption or just feeling comfortable storing your data on chain where... In most situations, uh, anyone can query your entire file tree. It's like going through the finder on your Mac and just reading what someone has in their wallet, which is kind of a little bit creepy if you have like old photos or something like that. Um, So we started building a solution to our problem. We realized it was kind of a little bit bigger of a problem when people started jumping on board and saying, hey, this is a really cool idea. Hey, uh, we want to have this programmable privacy and, and have decentralized hot storage on chain where you have speed, utility, privacy. So uh, we finished our alpha. We're 
I'm currently in a closed beta where we're moving that forward. But um, we're ready. We're going to be in Austin. So we're going to have our MVP ready to go. We can go and look at that. And we're going to be launching the token as soon as we get the audit back. I'm looking forward to that. I know I'll be, be in Austin. Uh, Michael, are you going to, to Austin at all? Yeah, that's that's the plan. You know, I just like. Um, I, I always I always wanted to sit sit down, keep my head down and build, but it it I do think that Austin is the right choice. And so I've decided, but I haven't bought my ticket, my plane ticket or anything. Nice. But yeah, I'm gonna be there. It just seems I'm like good. everyone's going there. I know uh, like since like the whole Terra thing, they had uh I think it was the ATT, I think it might be called the ATT Hotel. I've never been down there, but so Osmosis is basically just taking over with that, and they're doing like it's going to be called OsmoCon, and they're just going to have people building like a hackathon and stuff. So okay. uh, anytime yeah. you get a bunch of great minds together, I'm all for it. I gotta, I gotta get down there, and you know, I haven't seen like, I haven't seen, I haven't seen those guys for a while. I don't think I saw Dave since since uh, Hack Adam in November, and I saw Sonny more recently. But like, I really, I really like the Osmo team. It's always great to like. Um, yeah, good yeah. people down to earth. I'll be there as well. Somebody else was asking as well. Uh, one of the folks, uh, Jonathan or Ariolis, he's in here listening right now. If anybody's going to be at Decentral, I, you know, I'm close to Austin. I'm not going to go to that, but I'll, but I'm around. So if anybody's going to be there, I'd love to get together. I'll definitely be at Consensus. And I, if any anybody from here or anybody else is going, please, please shoot me a message and let, let me know. I'd love to grab a bite to eat and just just talk, catch up. Yeah, man, I, I, I love. Yeah, I can't wait for it. I had a really good time at Permissionless, and I mean, there were, I mean, I don't know, maybe ten people came over. I mean, it was really busy, but I mean, like ten, like straight up cosmonauts came over, where they came over like IBC gang, and you already knew you didn't have to show them about the technology. But everyone else, it was amazing that like no one understands what IBC is and what it can do. But when I was explaining it to them and showing them like. We had the mint scan that little um, little picture, the the video, like the visual where you can click like osmosis and you can click and drag and like show how everything's like connected. And I'm like, yeah, this is how you know everything should be connected. It's just it's it's not friction. And I was explaining it to him like using metaphors. Hey, you know, if you spoke Russian and I spoke English, we would have no clue what one another are saying right now. And that's kind of how like other chains are outside of IBC. And it's there's so much friction, and I was explaining it to them, and they were, everyone was fascinated. I mean, we had a lot of people. I think uh, probably it was because our shirts were so cool. We had the the coolest merch there, as for like t-shirt wise. And um, but it was always busy. Even other teams, it was a three day event. Other teams would come over, and they're like, "Man, you guys, what's what's the secret sauce ever? You always have so many people." And I didn't get to walk around the event. There was a lot of different. Um, l1s and applications and all kind of things things there it was really cool but it was till day three for me to actually get to go walk around and talk and mingle with other teams and stuff unless they came over to us so but yeah i mean decentral is cool because it's just basically all ibc for the most part and then consensus is just going to be everyone so I'm, I'm just looking forward to the whole thing and yeah i mean anyone that's going you know from here i'd love to meet up and go grab a bite to eat or whatever too it'd be cool but um <laughs> Yeah, our whole team will be there. Uh, we're really excited to go down, but kind of bringing it back to scalability of Cosmos. Um, we built uh, the e-discovery tool originally on Polygon, actually. And when we were looking at a place to, when we were saying, okay, now we have to build the storage layer and have parking space for all this data where it's self-custodial and private. But um, 
horizontal scalability is really, really cool when you have ideas coming around where you can actually have really large files transferred on chain, right? And a, a really interesting piece is the sexiest thing about the Cosmos IBC is that smart contracts can have their own Jackal accounts where you can have terabytes of data following on train. So it doesn't really matter what ecosystem you're in. You can actually call the Jackal contract once IBC is enabled. Where, for example, if you want to purchase an NFT on a marketplace, for example, on Stargaze, and both Stargaze Marketplace and the end user have Jackal accounts, you can purchase the rights to the metadata, but you can also purchase the physical JPEG on the back end of their server and move it on chain to another account and change the read and write permissions, which is really cool. It's just really amazing. And I'm super excited to be building in this particular spot. Yeah, man. I, anytime, I, like I said, I, I'm all about data. I mean, everyone here understands like data is the most valuable asset on the planet. So, I mean, anything that's just going to make it better and more feasible and for the end user and just builders and everyone. I mean, personally, I think it's it's, it's just a smart move. Also, the ability to collect it, right? So imagine you had, a, you had a way to maintain control of your own data and sell your data if you wanted to sell your data or keep it if you want to keep it. it it's, putting the power back in the end user's hands is a really interesting concept. And I think that's kind of an ethos across all of crypto and all of uh, Web3, DeFi, all these different kind of primitives. I could not agree more, Patrick. I, I completely agree with you. Data is one of the main reasons why we started Bedulum. You know, let let the data stay with the user and and find a way to monetize it for them, not us. You know what I mean? Give them the power of their data. We don't control it. Here's here's what you've collected. Uh, it's private to you and only you. But but if you decide you want to monetize it, then you know it could be worth this. Or or if you don't want to monetize it, cool. You can completely stay anonymous, or you can keep it to yourself. Uh, I completely no. I completely agree, Patrick. You're 100 percent right. Data and Haas, you you got a good point. It's it is the future, and if if the individual user can control it themselves, and we can build tools to help them do that, then then let's go. Yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons when I first got into IBC. The besides osmosis, the second chain and second L1 that I kind of just fell for instantly was uh, Secret Network because of just that point alone. That you know, people don't realize how valuable privacy is and how applicable it is for real world utility. I mean, like I always say, the way it's constructed right now, it's not really sustainable when it comes to just everything. I mean, you know, people that have a lot of money, they're not going to want every single transaction they do to be broadcasted for everyone. So, you know, their competitors, they will just use like the financial market. They don't want their competitors to say, oh, this is what they're doing. They just can copy and paste it. Now, maybe at the end of the quarter when they want to release their transactions and investments or whatever they have going on for their stock, you know, the people that are, they're, you know, they're immediate investors, then they could share their records. Like, look, this is what we invested on. We, we you know, we made 20 percent this quarter or actually we lost three percent and they can produce those records and there's just so many applications that like secret networks technology can leverage you know whether it's just like private voting which i think needs to happen in general i think the voting right now and how everything's set up and constructed with blockchain is just not sustainable either it's just uh just yeah that that part too there's just so many things and then what like jackal's doing to be decentralized and uh their relationship with uh filecoin for their archives and stuff like that is amazing i just yeah it, it's just all coming together like i could see the bigger picture and 
that's what was so cool about being at permissionless is when before i got there i was like really worried i'm like man the, the energy's not going to be that good the market was just complete shit it was literally right after the, essentially the lunar rug and uh so you know i was like man this is going to be terrible like you know but everyone they said there was over eight thousand people there and i i believe it there was a lot of people and the people that were there wanted to be there. And I really think that's going to be how like the central and consensus is too. So I'm not even worried about the energy. I think it's going to be amazing. Okay. But, but real feedback, Doquan chickened out. I know. Right. And I was, it, it was funny too, because so like, since it was last minute, like the, the, the permissionless event had these like really cool stands, like these signs. And you could tell they just like put this sticker of avalanche over where Tara was. And one of the guys that from osmosis, we were just being kind of funny. We went over there and we're like kind of peeling at it a little bit. I was like, yeah, you got to stop that. And, uh, but you could see that the, the, the terror, terror was underneath. Of it. Uh, but that's what, and that was like kind of a starting point with a lot of our conversations. People would come over and be like, man, I feel bad for you guys. You know, and then we would say like, look, under, un, you know, it was unfortunate circumstances, but IBC's technology worked. I mean, we had, I don't know, that one day, almost like $300 million worth of transactions on osmosis, everything, nothing broke. It worked as intended. It was unfortunate. That was the reason why we got that stress test, but it just showed like, look, you know, we're going to weather the storm and just adapt. And it was kind of unfortunate timing because even like on osmosis side, we were already in the works of having USDC, USDT, you know, FRAX, like just a bunch of different stablecoin options. And it would have been probably a smoother transition for, for that to happen as opposed to like UST was kind of like the only big dog. And, you know, a lot of people sleep on E-Euro, but that, that's a, a bigger player now too. So it is what it is. I mean, I think we're just all going to move forward. I, I want to like even add to that, which is that like not only did IBC survive, right? Like the Terra validators without a vote on their own, right? Just but like, just as like a cabal had to shut down IBC in order to like execute their rug, right? So like, not only did it survive, they had to like bail on IBC, which was, which was working and was like, you know, their sort of like, you know, machinery that they built, they built this death spiral thing, right? And, and IBC was keeping it, like was keeping it available to the world. And so they had to like, they had to cut off IBC in their, they had to, out of their own code because it was so robust that it was making them go down faster because like they weren't, they weren't falling over because IBC was too good. So like, I, you know, from, a, from like, I got, you know, a lot of us got hurt. I got hurt too. But like the technology of, of what the Cosmos SDK and IBC did was like just it totally was glorious in from like a technological perspective what it was okay. intended to do right like 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 terra technically terra is holding up to their name right terraform it, is, it says building right that's what it means it doesn't necessarily mean building to sustain or last forever and and then it all crumbles and here we are again seeing building building going on doesn't mean yeah. it's going to be built any better and i usually don't throw my opinion out there especially in public spaces bridget gets to hear my opinion all the time because I can say it to her trustworthy and privately how I feel about this kind of stuff. But, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a show out there. I've, I've, I've gained about 10 pounds from the amount of popcorn that I've absorbed just sitting back and watching this all happen. So I'm sorry to anybody out there, including myself who, who took a hit from it. Yeah. It's crypto. It, it does, it does go up. It does go down from a development standpoint and a, and a store of value standpoint. Um, that's not financial advice. 
But Terra's doing exactly what their name says. They're building, and uh, that doesn't mean it's going to sustain. So I, I agree with you, Michael. Yeah, they, they did it. You know, they, they what they built worked exactly as they designed it to build, right? They built like an infinite money printer connected to the whole world. And when the, when the stress came down, it turned into an infinite money printer connected to the whole world. And like that, you know, the wisdom there is whatever the wisdom there is, right? But as a technological project, was completely successful. Yeah, I can yeah. see it too. What's up, Kush? Just wanted to say hi. Love the conversation. Just jumped in. Um, just wanted to spread some love. I love you, Haas. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Hope everyone's having a great morning so far. Yeah, I, I really am digging this conversation. And, you know, I always say if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I definitely don't feel that way in this room. So it's it's amazing to be here. I know that's that. That's why I love having these shows, and especially like today's, like just turning into like a potluck with a bunch of people that are building. And when it comes to that part of it, their way, you know, that's it's good information. It's always good to know. And I love when they come in here and they're just kind of asking each other questions because it's a lot of things that most of us probably wouldn't even think of. Uh, so it's like really smooth. The conversation just keeps going. Appreciate you stopping by. Yeah, of course. I I hope everyone has a great day. Appreciate it. Have a good Memorial Day tomorrow, too. It's going to be good times. Yeah, gonna, it's supposed to be nice weather here. I don't know where you are, but yeah, for me, it's supposed to be good. So I'm excited about that. I hope everyone has a good MDW. Nice. Thank you. I have a sort of open question I, I wanted to volunteer, especially to um, the Duelum. And, you know, Jackal's really cool, but it doesn't have to be uh, to, to Pillar. Um, just sort of an open question. Uh, how do you guys feel about IBC coming from other ecosystems because that's kind of my thing um, i help people build on substrate chains but those chains are supposed to be building their own ibc bridges we're we're working on uh, sort of a, a more community strategy or go to community strategy for cosmos but it's still just forming so i'm trying to figure out you know how to do that politely i'm not trying to steal you away from the hub or anything but um you know we we have chains that are coming online that are asking like hey how can we get into some you know, Cosmos partnerships. And, and my angle is always, well, we're building IBC Tau. We're only building the, uh, you know, the authentication layer, the sort of base layer to communicate. So um, that's a question I guess I have uh, for you guys is just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll ask it to Corey. Hey, Corey, what do you think about IBC projects coming from another eco? Would, would you consider supporting them? So just to clarify before I answer, I think we're on the same page. When you say other eco, you're talking about other tech chains, right? Like uh, outside EVM chains or Bitcoin or other UTXO type chains. Is that what you're saying? But building IBC channels between them and the Cosmos? Yeah, I mean, Hyperledger, Ethereum, other chains, there's there's IBC light clients showing up all over the place. And we built one for Substrate. So, yes, that's roughly my question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it should. That's that's exactly what the what the Cosmos team and Tendermint, uh, you know, underlying sat down, put their heads down, and and built was to allow something like that to be created by something bigger than themselves, right? So, absolutely, as long as consensus can agree, uh, whether it's each in, in, on individual blockchains, um, like what again, like what we saw with Luna or what we saw with Juno, you know, throwing names out there. But at the same time, the space itself continues to sustain. Um, it, it doesn't break down. As long as things can grow together, please, by all means, I think that the more connectivity, the, the better. If we could see something like that in the human race, uh, you know, between cultures and, and religions and ideals and 
and nations as a whole, I think it'd be great. I think we're going to see it in blockchain much before we see it in the human race. So yeah, absolutely. I, that, that sounds cool. I don't know much about that, Sheldon, but um, I've already jotted your name down and I'm following you now. So we're going to have to, I'm, I'm going to have to learn more from you about what you guys have going on. So more connectivity, the better. Oh, just to- let me uh, just jump in and say like, you know, having hung out with a bunch of hub, uh, Cosmos hub, you know, leaders, the person who I think is probably most interested in non-Tendermint IBC like clients is Zucky Mannion. And if you ping Zucky, he, you know, if you've got, if you say like, I've got an IBC like client and I want to like put it online, I think he'll be, he'll be very stoked because he's been a part of a couple of these conversations with other chains that I've had and, and tried to facilitate. Uh, uh, just can you say go- that name again? That's, that's a little hard to find. Zucky Mannion, Z-A-K-I-M-A-N-I-A-N. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tricky. Can you pin that if you're listening? Can you uh, pin his his uh, handle? Yeah, Zucky's amazing. And uh, Sheldon, one of the many reasons that I completely went down the rabbit hole, so to speak, with like IBC is that just all the people that are building, they're so open. And um, just like a little short story, I don't know, maybe about three months ago, four months ago, there was just a group of us, I don't know, four or five guys on a Friday night just talking. And um, I, I never even wanted to get involved with any of this, but I was listening. They were talking about Cosmos. I clicked on. I didn't even know what what, um, what Twitter Spaces was at the time. I clicked it and was just listening in. And it was like cool conversations. I'm like, oh, man, this is, these guys, like, I, it sounds like I would have a beer with, you know, hang out with. And they were just talking about Cosmos. And they were confused about something. I couldn't even remember what it was, but I knew what the answer was. So, like, I requested to speak. And it wasn't because of me, but that same night, there was probably about 300 plus people that came on. And it was everyone in IBC that were building and just people that are involved. And it just became like this huge conversation. And it went on all night long. I actually had to get off because it was like, I don't know, four or five, six hours down down the after it started. And then I, that, I was like, man, I got to get involved more. And then that's kind of what, what started me doing these shows and Cosmos Spaces, which is just a group of guys that kind of just provide content and education for um, like people. And then we started doing validators and we're getting more involved. We're going to start going to like real life events. And, you know, hopefully one day we, we get big enough where we can actually uh, sponsor shows or, or, or real life events. And, uh, yeah, like all these guys that they're mentioning, including everyone in this conversation right now, like they're all building and it's it, essentially the way I look at it, they're like CEOs of a company and they just volunteer their time to educate and learn and, and give back. And, uh, that's what I, you know, really fell in love with, with IBC because like other chains outside of IBC, it really is, you really can't just get people to, to do stuff like this. So, yeah, they'll they'll hop out, man. We're all that's like what like they call it the IBC gang. That's the reason why we're all we're all in it together. We just want to build the best tech, and I mean we're basically the v- venture capitalists for the most part. Like everyone in here, we're all the VCs, you know. So the other the other cool thing just about Cosmos IBC Tenderbrain consensus as a whole is is we all all of our projects succeed and it's actually in our best interest to do things like this and start working together and start talking to each other because we all make money by having confluence and we also make money by interoperability because that's how cosmos works that's how ibc works we have this um interoperability between all these different chains where they just become better tech but you also notice in the last bear market um companies start building where the best tech is. And you'll notice last bear market, Binance started building on Tendermint and Cosmos. 
uh, crypto.com starts building on Tendermint and Cosmos. And it's just really, really great for all this, everyone coming to IBC. And I'm, I'm happy having our product here and just supporting um, people to have self-custody of data and really have another option when it comes to your storage layer. Because right now, um, everything is stored through SDKs, APIs, and integrations that are off-chain. And we're really excited to be building here. And I love to get on these and talk with pretty much every other single project because the confluence is really, really great with all these different teams. Yeah, we're we're taking up a posture about like sort of uh, let's say semi off chain data or you know semi off chain interactions. We're just we're leveraging you know Substrate for that purpose because the tech is already there. You know, off chain workers are a really simple, straightforward concept. I don't expect you guys to to really care about it because it's not a thing in, in Tendermint. But in Substrate, it's a really straightforward thing that I can I can say to people and say, hey, you know, do you want a secondary HTTP client? Do you need uh, encryption tools, you know, do you have a need for IPFS, et cetera? You know, there's there's really a lot that we can integrate and we're not trying to bait people away from the Cosmos eco. That's not our purpose, but we do want to be able to connect with you guys. You know, there's there's different protocols in our ecosystem that would love to be able to talk to y'all. And that uh, th that conversation has to start with, okay, what are we doing? And then secondary, okay, how does the formats go? How are we going to, you know, tag structure? You know, how does this make sense? So I'm really excited to make those things easier. And I'll definitely be at Consensus to Central. I used to live in Austin, so I'll be around there a couple extra weeks. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be around. I'd, I'd love to talk to you guys about some uh, you know, potential cross-eco interaction with IBC. Yeah, that would be awesome, man. Um, we're going to be at Decentral. My whole team will be there. So um, yeah, just ping me. I'd love to, to hook up at any moment. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be here, what, in two weeks? So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Do you yeah, guys that have, week is going to be rowdy. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to ask, like Patrick, do you guys have your own booth there? Like how 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 are you guys set up there? Yeah, uh, we we sponsored the event. We also have our own booth as well. Yeah, nice. We're we're going to be there. You're going to where you just reskin the entire. Um, I don't know if you were able to use the alpha of the product, but we were able to reskin the B two C product, which is just really a decentralized Dropbox, where right. you just have self custody and privacy. Um, so I'd love for you to come by, um, play with it, talk with the team, all the whole nine yards. Yeah, man, I'll be stopping by. I, I'm looking forward to just going to be a good time. Like I said, I was like wor worried about permissionless, but there was no worry whatsoever. It was popping. Like there was just so much energy. There were so many. It was like I was honored to be there, to be honest with you. I had so many conversations. Like I talked to this guy. I don't want to dox him. He was an older guy. He was the most one of the most brilliant people I ever spoke to in my life. Like I, he he built so many things from Web two all the way up till now, and he's real big into like augmented reality. And he was showing me some things that he was working on, and he has like t these certain technologies that big Web two are like showing him hard. They want they want it from him, but he he basically doesn't want any part of Web two. And he he has yeah, it was just amazing. Just meeting this guy, I was like, wow, like this this guy was just so brilliant. And I'm sure there's gonna be some some person there. And he said he's even going there too. So I I told him because he wasn't real familiarized with like IBC. He's he's more with like the Ethereum and he, he called them the Ethereum killers, but basically like Solana and uh stuff like that. But he's like, I I've I've been kind of looking into this recently and I told him, I said, man, you could start up what, what he was doing was just, it was amazing. And I said, you could definitely, you know, come over here and add some value some way. So 
hopefully we can get him over here. And and in person, I could probably talk more about it. But he has like NDAs and stuff, and I don't want to blow the spot up. But yeah, he's he was a brilliant guy. So and I'm sure it's going to be just like that at this event. So I'm looking forward to. Do you anyone ever get into like augmented reality? A little bit. I own some uh, parcels in OVR and a couple places. I've been hesitating to buy a headset because I want a lens, but like it's it's so hard to justify the hardware for AR if it's not your phone. I don't know if anyone else is in AR. Tell me if I should be buying a freaking headset because I, I wanted one, but like it's it's impossible to justify. <laughs> you can you can just play Pokemon Go. Oh come on, that's not enough. <laughs> Yeah, I'm it's halfway there with the uh, with the quest. I, I love uh, virtual reality, but as for augmented, you know, real reality, I don't. That's I haven't played with it yet. But I agree that the hardware is it's spendy. It's an investment. But I mean, if what my phone does looks even five percent as cool as it looks with uh, proper tech. Wow, I can't even imagine what it would be like, let alone these these uh, digital worlds that are being built on top of the blockchains. You know, that's a whole nother thing. What Michael was talking about with the uh, NFTs and stuff. I mean, you can upgrade your sword, add, I mean, stuff like that is, I've seen mechanized uh, worlds where people are running around with mechs that, that are they physically own and they can upgrade and it changes their uh, store of value on the NFT. I mean, that's sick. I but I haven't played any of it or gotten into any of it. I wish, I wish there was 48 hours in a day and I didn't have to sleep. Yeah. You and all of us, man. I, <laughs> I, like- I love sleeping. I'll just say that. I'm glad I have to sleep. I, I'm a big fan, but um, I, I, I'm really excited about AR, AR digital items, like augmented reality, digital fashion, I think is going to be just like so cool. I'm extremely ready for this to be like, you know, people having headsets and, and if you have the like, you know, people are like selling particle effects that like if you have the right headset, you can see their particle effects that they've purchased. And like that, that kind of thing where like the the like, you know, the the um, self-expression, the digital self-expression can like come out with your actual physical self into the real world through augmented reality is like, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing I've been like waiting to have the pieces for that I, you know, and my pylons is part of like, part of like that, that shot. But like, I really, really want to see that happen. And I'm very excited about it. Can I ask you guys about that for a second? Cause y'all made some, some good points about Jekyll and, and managing NFTs in general. Like the, the idea that everything could be in one place is great, but it's much more feasible to say that I, you know, built interconnects for every place. Like I, I thought that Zerion had the right idea with that initially and they kind of went astray, but like, um, yeah, well, how, how does that make sense for extensibility? Cause like, you can't just keep changing, you know, data formats that work. Well, let's, before we get into data formats, let's just talk about kind of what, the reason why a lot of big tech companies are moving into AR and they're moving into headsets and moving into tech that has 100% attention capture. When you have a phone, you have a computer, you don't get 100% attention capture. So they can't sell your data. They can't sell you ads with 100% of your focus, right? So that's the whole business model around this tech. Um, when, when it comes to why we're building things like Jocko, when you start having things like brain interfaces or 100% attention marketplace, when it comes to a user on your device, such as an Oculus, such as something that Facebook would made. And the reason why Facebook is pushing that way is because their apps have to integrate with the user from another device. 
right? Such as an Apple device where they're cutting them off left, right, and center for doing things that are borderline illegal, right? But um, the reason why we're building Jocko and the vision behind Jocko is that we believe if we're going to start collecting more data aggressively to either for the business model or hopefully to provide a better user experience for the end user, we should also be increasing the digital privacy and cybersecurity posture of those end users. Where if you're going to have a brain interface, the only person that should have that data is the end user where the company that provides the data storage couldn't even access your data even if we wanted to from the ground up, open source, humane technology, ethical technology, just making sure that you have military grade cybersecurity postures. And we, we know it's military grade because we were working with, with teams that are looking to build military use cases for the product because it's a great way to transfer data. But when we start talking about um, reasons why you would want to integrate that for augmented reality, um, where do you want to store your data? Um, can you repeat the question of, of the data structures or what were you saying there briefly before I went on my well, complete tangent off the other, off the defense? Sorry about that. You're, you're good. It's just like, I, I'm, I'm really for this, um, you know, cross eco interoperability thing. Uh, Polkadot came out with their little, oh, hey, we're actually bringing online this concept of the relay chain and blah, blah, blah. Like everyone is trying to do interoperability in different ways. And it's giving me a headache because every once in a while I find the right person at every convention, whether it's permissionless or ETH Denver, I bump into someone else who has an IT security background, who has a cybersecurity background. And they generally agree with me that this idea that we can all build, you know, bridges towards each other is great. But when they're all designed with different intentions or, you know, have certain bite limits, like it's, it's just, it's frustrating. So I, yeah. I, wondered what you guys think about it from an IBC perspective, because we're kind of already in your camp, but we're, we're supposed to be dragging Polkadot towards you guys. Absolutely. So when you want to integrate with the product, um, the, the way the integration works, we follow the Amazon S3 standard. Um, I know Amazon's a trigger word for a lot of different people, but um, we're trying to make it as easy as a plug and play as possible. So you can integrate with our product, whether it's through um, SDKs, APIs, things along those lines, just general integrations using Amazon S3 standard. Or if you're in the Cosmos ecosystem, it's a little bit sexier because you can just call the contract directly. Um, the way that you provide the data to your users, it kind of, we want to give you that sliding scale because the more secure the product is, the shittier the user experience, let's just say that. So um, there can be an example where each root, like, so there's a root folder in the file tree that an administrator can manage and then you can provide subfolders to each one of your users and then give the read and write permissions to that user and then burn the bridge from your side because we index by content. I, I, we'd have to sit down and I can explain to you a little bit better, but it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> Setting a permission and then me having the ability to set that permission being like provably canceled on chain, that alone is really kick-ass. So yeah, I definitely want to talk to you about yeah, that. Yeah. So we get really granular with permissions because it's really important, right? So um essentially you can change the read you can give a, a wallet address read only or read and write permissions and you can revoke it at any moment as well so it's great for organizations that want to have really granular controls really granular file version control as well where um for our use cases in legal like we don't know which documents the original document after you work on a file for like three years and, and it's just you have all these copies flying all over the place so we're, we're making it a way where if you kind of look at Jackal, um, it's kind of imagine it's three really 
scary things, I guess. But it's if you mix the Tor browser with BitTorrent and throw in Cosmos SDK, that's what the product is. And then really granular permissions using SGX encryption on the secret network. Um, that, that's that's the product where the, the storage contract sits on the secret network, but we have our own chain for the token so we can have our token wherever we need it to be. And uh, for, Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for, and for the end user, um, for our enterprise use cases, um, entrepreneurs can leverage the technology since we sell right now at $8 a month per terabyte. We can get cheaper as time goes on. And then we have entrepreneurs that have a lot of margin to work with because the next competitor is what, uh, like $28 a month per terabyte. But they can... The end user being an enterprise trying to get that main street adoption, they don't even realize they're using a blockchain product where we have auto-approved transaction nodes on whole nine yards that way. Yeah, it's just to reset the room. And, um, yeah, if you, anyone has any questions, just DM me or just raise your hand. And Grits, go ahead, man. Hey. your hand up for quite a while. Um, you guys were discussing like interoperability uh, earlier. And I was reading a little bit of composable finance white paper and the parachain and stuff. And- the graphics and I was wondering what your guys' thoughts are compared to what you're doing right now. They borrow from Octopus Network repos. That question wasn't to me, was it? Not to the Patrick. Oh. Yeah, uh, I've spoken with the guys at Composable Labs, but I honestly, if I'm being completely honest with you, I haven't really looked that too deeply into the product. But um, the way you integrate with Java is, is either you call the contract or you just integrate with API. So it's really easy onboarding, um, no matter where you are, whether you're on-chain or off-chain. We just uh, sell parking space, basically. What's up, Safi? Hey, boys and girls. Uh, question for you guys. Uh, on, on, the, from, on the front of um, interchain security and interchain accounts, um, maybe some of the developers here could speak to like... Uh, how some of those things are going to advantage um, their various uh, applications or chains or whatever. I'm just curious, um, like uh, h- how much people are looking forward to some of those developments that are coming. Anyone wants to take that? I mean, I know, uh, where's Michael at? Michael's still in here? Hmm. I had just stepped out. Uh, there might be someone here again. Yeah, but Sefi also too on Tuesday, I believe at uh, 2 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be having uh, some people from Informal uh, come on the show, talk about interchain security, uh, interchain accounts. Um, that'll be a really good time to come. Informal is uh, the company that Ethan Buckman owns and runs. So they'll definitely have some knowledge for it. They collaborated with us on some of the substrate stuff that we're building. So you said that's Tuesday. I definitely want to come listen. Yeah, Tuesday, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Anyway, like I, I just picked up an obscene amount of Adam at this price. So, um, <laughs> so I'm just like, uh, I, I moved it over to, to Kepler and, um, I've been to sort of Cosmos like, spaces, right? What's that? I said you stake to a Cosmos spaces, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, there's uh yeah, there's that, but there's also just the, um, I, I was just brought in a lot of Adam also to use, um, to buy different things on Kepler, just generally speaking, because I think with the market down, um, you know, I'm looking to just soak up as much of different projects on uh, the Cosmos realm as possible. But um, yeah, I was just kind of like, th- I just looking at the, uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy also with like what the Cosmos hub should do, what it shouldn't do. Uh, I'm just curious from the perspective of development teams or other chains, you know, like, I don't know where they see 
the Cosmos Hub as far as um, long-term utility, either for interchain accounts, interchain staking, or you know whatever else people want to see. I, I know there was that big proposition with the you know controversy as far as like smart contract activation and i know jay and others have had like highly opposing viewpoints as far as like what should be built there um so yeah i I, actually jay agreed to come on um sometime next week to discuss his particular viewpoint just because it's there's such controversy in this space um it helps to hear hear from everybody uh in terms of the pros and cons and all that but anyway yeah just just kind of like mm, soaking up a lot more just uh cosmos related projects and kind of researching more into the various ones that have like uh are now available via kepler especially which you know makes it a lot easier to get back and forth um yeah like just in general the prices of everything are just dramatically more attractive than they once were obviously so i've been keeping an eye on things yeah my my take on the topic and always be the same it's when you have teams from cosmos Hub building things like uh interchain security, interchain accounts, um, adding more variables for us to build with is something that I'm always going to be on board for. Um, that's, it's like trying to cook in the kitchen and would you rather have like four spices or like a full drawer of different options and different variables you can leverage variables such as the reason why we're on secret network is privacy, the ability to have that toggle on off switch with SD, uh, SGX encryption. That's a huge variable for us. Right. And just adding that gives so much more utility to the product. So I'm always in the camp that if you're going to give us more options and more variables and more toggle on and off switch for different use cases or, or different um, variables we can throw into the products, I'm, I'm happy every single, every single day of the week. Yeah, interesting. Uh, well, if not any comments about those previous subjects, I know some of you guys were talking a little bit about earlier the idea of having you know, app specific chains as opposed to, um, you know, a chain with lots of apps on it or, um, you know, my, my general sensibility in this is that like for global scaling, app specific chains make a tremendous amount of sense. I'm curious from some of you guys perspective, especially if you have your own chains, like, um, what do you see as kind of the trade-offs in terms of like, costs uh to you guys whether it's from the perspective of validators or whatever um you know like maybe some comments on that and what you guys have seen so far in your in your dApps or in your chains yeah i'll hit this one seth if that's okay i so you know decentralization obviously from the beginning of uh, blockchain has been critical right but it was i think last um bull market before this last one and especially this last bear market uh, leading up into this one decentralization was like the hot bed of keyword among many others as well but but decentralized decentralized this is how this this singular blockchain is decentralized by this type of consensus or these types of uh, supporters or community members that are prized from humans from all over the world different walks of life different experience levels and all that but i think i think to answer your question um, Adam or called the Cosmos Hub itself, where it lies in all this is is still up for question um, in a good way because decentralization's actually expanded way beyond a singular blockchain. Like myself and I think many others viewed it as you know I'm part of this blockchain. I'm I might be mining this one um, 
coin because I support what the team's doing or what they're building. I believe in this. I'm, I'm mining it. So I'm, I'm helping to uh, confirm these proofs and decentralize this um, consensus, right? Mechanism. But, but really now here we are just not even a handful of years later. And um, what Cosmos uh, Tendermint have, has brought to the table and, and I think other chains are seeing this as well as they either migrate or work to integrate something that will allow communication is, is, is decentralization is much bigger than any singular or set of blockchains. Like um, in actuality, I completely agree with you. I think having an application specific blockchain is, is critical for some applications. If, if the, that singular blockchain can handle that load, by all means, um, you know, when like Patrick could probably speak to this more than any of us, but when you're, when you're, uh, sitting down and you're designing a database, you're not designing it for the next five years, worst case scenario. You, you're, you're designing it for as far into the future as the current, as your current understanding of technology or data sets will allow you to design it and build it, assuming your resources and, and knowledge allows, but you're, you you, we just don't know um, how fast an application is going to grow. Um, sometimes they, they aren't expected to take off and they do. What was the crypto kitties, I think, is the one. I've heard Bridget bring that up numerous times in other conversations and spaces we've been in or, or <laughs> Discord. You know, They're a great example. It, um, something very small, um, if it's an application-specific blockchain and it grows very, very quickly, that blockchain needs to be already connected to other blockchains that offer um, uh, storage opportunities, whether it's private or not, whatever that application might need. And those that progress should always be uh, being worked on, which is what Cosmos Hub is doing on their own, right? They're constantly working on solving problems that are already being solved uh, by like Osmo, for example, right, with their DEX. But but why not have another pillar in this um, or pylon in this space um, take advantage of a need that we all are going to engage in in one way or another, but we might not use Cosmos chain to, to do a trade. We might use Osmo or we might use a different chain to do a trade. But the if one goes down, like what we've seen recently with a couple different Cosmos chains or has issues or drama or disagreement, we have all of these other already connected, ready to go um, pieces of this web or decentralized environment that can be leveraged, or at least try and help lighten the burden of the the one impact. Right. So, uh, so to answer your question, yes, I think that there the place for Cosmos is exactly where it is right now. I think that they are comprised of an incredibly intelligent and highly dedicated team. I think that people like myself and others strive to get to know them better, learn from them, but they're also sharing their knowledge. And I, and I feel the same way about Sonny from Osmo. And obviously, as we sit in this room with uh, Michael, if he's still in here, Patrick, yourself, Haas, just putting us all together and connecting everybody. This is exactly how things improve, whether it's Cosmos, Adam, Jackal, it doesn't matter. We just continue to connect. We lean on each other and uh, and try and improve this space, but we stay connected because that's key. Because then if if the Duelum takes a hit, uh, somebody else hopefully is already working on a product or has a live product that maybe is 
provided in a different way that provides a safe place for users to go to if something were to happen to Vidulum and, and vice versa throughout the chain. As long as the web's connected and continuing to progress, uh, whether Cosmos is or isn't involved, I, I don't see this, this side of the space going anywhere besides forward. Just to build on that a little bit more as well, um, my team kind of thinks of it this way. We think that every application, well, it's, you're building a business and, and what do you want to do in-house and what do you want to outsource to another company? You can also kind of think of it that way. You can build an entire business by outsourcing to other people and building on other people's technology or using them for different things. In Jacko's example, we built our own chain. We are going to probably be moving RNS into a chain module because you don't have to pay gas. It's more efficient and it's better technology. But And we're moving it there from Juno. But when you look at having programmable privacy, we don't have the capital to do the R&D to have that programmable privacy. So we outsource that to another company being the secret network where we put the smart, uh, the storage smart contract on their network. So I kind of think of it as a way as what do you want to build in house and what do you want to outsource? And when we're kind of in a unique situation because not a lot of protocols can, can have something like, like where you can integrate all kinds of different things like that and leverage different protocols for a specific use case, but that's how we like to build. And that's kind of how we like to think of it. Yeah, it's uh, you know the way I the way I think of um, I, I I talk about this a lot with when it comes to tech, but um, the way that DNA and life works. So if you think about how DNA is a blockchain, um, and you think of sort of like the purpose of DNA is to sort of like survive and replicate, it does so through lots and lots of different mechanisms. Um, it does some through centralization. It does some through decentralization. It does, um, it stores, you know, there's data stored in many different sort of like uh, uh, sort of methodologies. And then like you look at the huge variety of life, you have bacteria all the way to like dolphins and whales and humans or whatever. And um, the, 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 so there's, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, but one of the key fundamentals is, is that life, is the realization that the future is unknowable. So, and the brain or cognitive systems is essentially emerged as a like predictive mechanism given certain environmental constraints. So, you know, and if you just look all the way from like the shrimp brain all the way to the human brain, you know, you get this kind of like sense that, you know, predictive mechanisms is sort of like, you know, what the brain sort of does. So, you know, and so we're sort of like recreating this uh, in my view uh, and, uh, the more interconnected things are, the more lifelike they become. And really to some extent, the more unstoppable they become. So yeah, decentralization comes in very, very many forms. And we're just seeing lots of different iterations of that in my view. So the other reason why you would actually want to have your own blockchain is scalability. Um, CryptoKitties, Corey brought it up. They were one of the first ERC-721s, one of the first NFTs. They were also one of the first instances where fees started kind of becoming unusable. Um, recently, the board, Ape, Yacht, Club, Coin, whatever, did a land sale. And the demand actually caused network fees on Ethereum to hit thousands of dollars. So it became totally unusable to use their own platform and to use Ethereum as a whole. Ethereum might be working to fix those chain issues, but 
the point still stands. It totally screwed up that organization's attempt um, to do a, essentially a public sale of NFTs. It begs the question of, was Ethereum the right chain to be on? Should they have been their own chain? If they had a Cosmos chain, would they have run into such problems like this or any other chain really? Um, so it's also about scalability. You don't want to, and, and there are tons of projects that have started as ERC-20 tokens, gone on, gone on to create mainnet chains. So it, it, it really is a scalability thing as much as anything. Being in control of your own fate as a developer is pretty important. So if you're beholden to the status of a network, um, you know, your whole event could just go the wrong direction, which is essentially what happened to Board 8 Yacht Club and all of the users on the Ethereum network. On this question of scalability, um, you know, back to the question of like, should I produce uh, a DAP on, say, you know, a Juno, for example, or uh, some other smart contract chain versus having um, my own chain to build on. Um, like, let's say, what do you think is the right sort of like scale here? So let's say you have a, I don't know, $50 million uh, sort of market cap in theory for your the coin of your chain. Let's say it's a stargaze or something. And um, you do predict that maybe like future growth is relevant and that having your own chain will help. Like how much are you giving out in emissions to validators? I guess was my was what I was trying to get out earlier. Like what is a good ratio uh, of where that cost makes sense to you guys? Um, or, or is that even like quantifiable? What do you guys think? Like, well, that's it depends. dependent. It also depends how many things you have to incentivize on your chain. So it's really application specific. For our example, we have to incentivize miners. We have to incentivize validators. We have to incentivize um, us, <laughs> right? So so it kind of depends. And it's also a lot of it's under your control because a lot of validators set their own fees as well, right? So it, it's I like to believe that the market will figure it out. And you'll start to notice if a validator start dropping off your chain, you should probably increase your fees and it's, it can be very liquid and you can just change that on the fly as well. Yeah. So I was just going to say, that's the great thing about this tech in this corner is that it's, it can be changed with the governance vote or, or implementing a new module. If it's something that doesn't exist yet, or maybe something, some other projects already worked on, you can bring it on over. Um, but yeah, tokenomics dependent upon the project and what the project scales to be is, that's a that's a really hard question. Like Vadulin first set out to make the barrier of entry into the space much easier through our application. Uh, the the original only reason why our BDL token never came to exist was as a reward mechanism, and that was what almost four years ago ish now. So I mean, here we are today, um, working on innovating the Cosmos chain and um, bringing new tech to this space both through our product and through the blockchain itself. So it's, it's not, things change over time, right? So, so, so what I'm trying to say is, is you, if your foundation is on a, a flexible technology that's being highly developed by very dedicated and committed individuals, um, especially if those people are working together, you, you almost can't go wrong. You're hedging against your, your own growth or success, success or failure um, just by choosing the right baseline. Um, I heard somebody earlier talk about bringing 
their product from the Polygon network on over, or if that shift should happen, you know, I, I really looked up to that network a lot. I still do, but I really looked up to that network a lot prior to, I knew Adam and Cosmos. I, I was very, un, I understood the chain well and the community well, but I had never really uh, jumped into the tech. I was just a UTXO junkie and, and very stuck in my ways with the chain that we had and other projects that we had been working with at Vedulum. And once I started to do my research and looking at like the Binance Smart Chain, the, you know, what Polygon's done, even Ethereum and the direction they've gone and, and um, Cosmos and the SDK using Tendermint as a foundation, I, you know, just for me personally, it just blew my mind. So you're building on the right foundation. You're, you're really setting yourself up for success because you'll have one plan today that plan will change in a year and that plan will be completely different in two years and who who knows where it takes you from there so foundation isn't also polygon built on tenement sdk <laughs> great, great I, I, I think I it is if i'm being completely it, honest is it on tenement? i think it is it's a modified version of the cosmos sdk yeah it's because it's okay so they're the smartest people build on the best tech i guess right <laughs> yeah, yeah, see there you go so Poly just didn't make it as easy for me to switch over to the blockchain as as uh, as Cosmos. Did. Yeah, I I built on Polygon initially when we were building that e-discovery tool. Um, it, was, it was a good builder experience. But to answer the question a little bit earlier, is like if you're building a new product right now, um, depending on the needs. If I was going to start something else, depending if it's not like that intensive where you need all kinds of chain modules and things like that, I'd build it on Juno. And then as you continue to scale, just create a beachhead of moving it over to your own chain. That's what I would do personally, because Juno is a great dev experience, a lot of great dev support as you start to kind of dip your toes in the water. But when you're ready, um, I, I think every every project that, that's, that's serious and has a lot of utility should be its own chain. I need to build the first um, or maybe... <laughs> I'm not sure if there's any others, but it's time to build the first blockchain native religion, right? Like <laughs> where your beliefs are <laughs> based on what token you own or whatever. I literally or maybe maybe that's what we already have. Day. Maybe maybe that's uh, that's uh, as today. We, as we sit here on a Sunday listening to some guy named Cosmos preach at us every day. My wife, she 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 says she says Corey isn't that what gets people arrested in the United States? And I was like, Oh God, yeah, you might be right, but I still think it's a good idea. Great tax write-offs too. We're going to be in the tricky death cult and um, you know, there's like a whole chain dedicated to it because it needs scalability. Um, you also asked about emissions. So I think there's a lot of thought that has to go into your tokenomics, but knowing that you can make those changes, if you can achieve consensus with your, your user base is good. Um, but there's also like there's a lot to look to in the space like the crypto space has existed for 10 years plus how long now um so it's something that like if you're starting from nothing or you're starting from ground zero and yeah maybe you're not ready to take on managing a chain so then you build a token but i would still spend the time to think out your tokenomics so emissions is just a part of it um and that to me would be one of the most critical places to start. Like, how do you do that for the long term for the best of the project and thereby the best of the community that you seek to build? 
that also kind of begs the question of decentralization, right? And when you talk about tokenomics and changes to tokenomics and things about that, and good example being how Juno kind of managed this whole situation. It's it's interesting kind of building your business model into the DAO because technically Jackal, um, the DAO has its own legal wrapper. So in theory, um, we could actually, like Jackal Labs as a dev entity could be fired by the chain. And I, I truly believe that the econ of the situation and tokenomics figures itself out over time. And the, the economy will decide whether or not it's worth validating on your network as well, you know? So I, I'm, I'm confident as, as long as you kind of put the power back in the user's hands, it, it'll figure itself out. I would agree with that. So Patrick, I, yesterday someone asked me, did you, as for like the airdrop, you guys already did your snapshots? Yeah, we did on the 9th of uh, April. Nice. So are you guys planning on validating anywhere else besides secret? Um, uh, we're, we're probably going to expand our validator set. It's not really our biggest priority, if I'm being honest with you. But um, it is like the only revenue stream right now. So Yeah, uh, I hear that. <laughs> I, I, it's, uh, it, it's that and, and a very small portion of investments by the team. But um, yeah, it, it's... We're probably going to be expanding to other networks. Um, it's also just getting the capital to get into the um, the active set as well, because you have to kind of lock in with all the tech, and you either you buy the servers yourself or rent the servers. And there's a lot going on with that. But um, yeah, we're probably going to extend other chains. Um, we want to kind of have a lot of confluence with pretty much every blockchain, because anyone can really integrate with the product, right? So um, yeah, we'll we'll validate where we can for sure. Yeah, that's why I was like, when I first found out about you guys, I was excited because I just seen that vision of you guys can offer you know, your service essentially to pretty much everyone. So that's why I was like really excited when I first found out about you guys. And yeah, it's like for fa- validator sets, I think we're on like six or seven. But yeah, it's not really, it's unfortunate when you, you come in after the fact. It's always kind of good to get in at Genesis. Like I think Evmos was the first for the Cosmos space team. We're the, that was the first time we were in Genesis. And it's kind of nice because you can kind of put your foot down, so to speak. Like a, a few of them were like at the bottom and it gives, gives you a kind of anxiety. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm on the active set. And then it's just, you have to keep like looking and I don't want to look. It's like, I don't want, I think Adam, we're kind of at the bottom because we got in at the last the last uh, time they extended their validator set. Same thing with like Juno and uh, Osmosis. We're, we're we're making our way up, but yeah, it's 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 a um, it's good to be on multiple sets though. And our goal, like for Cosmos Space, is to obviously eventually be kind of self sustainable, so we can do more things and, and do more events and kind of do stuff from that perspective. But yeah, that's, that's cool. What you guys are doing, you're going to think about getting into more. And then um, what, how long was it t- until you guys were like, all right, we want to build the, your RNS on uh, Juno. Was it like the first thing you thought of? Yeah. So if I'm being completely honest with you, what happened was is, uh, the, the test net on the secret network went out <laughs> for a week <laughs> and like the whole team was just like sitting in the office twiddling. I thought I was not, no, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> right. So we're just like, how about we increase the user experience of the product? Because, um, even though you can have like a really high security posture, if you want to, some people also want that ease of use and a little bit more comfortable, um, sharing their wallet address, for example. Right. So we decided to build, uh, RNS where you could right now it only works from c- command line interface um, for actual transfers so I wouldn't suggest trying to transfer it yourself unless you're really technical but um, 
it's it's essentially a product and and what it does is you have patcher.rns and it auto resolves for 12 different cosmos chains so you can send if i want to send cosmos to cosmos.rns uh, i can send osmosis tokens uh used to be able to send luna tokens i guess uh you could send pretty much any 12 tokens but the important thing for us was not actually that part of it it was it was particularly that if I wanted to send a file and have like the social interaction of human readable names, I could send a file to cosmohoss.rns. Um, and that was really important where you can actually physically send a terabyte of data over to another human readable name. It's also really great for if you have an organization um, and you want to not remember everyone's secret network wallet addresses and just want to remember a human readable name and also works for oh, 12 different Cosmos chains as well. Yeah, and then the thing that I didn't even realize till I think last time that I spoke with someone, I think it might have been you, or I'm not sure exactly who it was, but you said that every single file, like if you just grouped a bunch together and you sent them, they all individual files get different private keys. Is that what it was? Um, so how how it works is I'm not the most technical guy on the team, and you're going to have to. Uh, I might have to kick it over to Marston, but how how it works is in the metadata of a smart contract that's associated with your secret network wallet address, that is encrypted so only you could see that metadata. So it tells you the file location, it has the encryption keys for each individual file. So each individual file, yes, is end-to-end encrypted. Um, so the encryption keys sit on that, the location of the file sits on that, your entire file tree sits on that. And how you delete a file on the system is you actually just delete the path of the file. And then after a certain amount of time, it'll just slowly drop off the system um, after it's not paid for anymore. That's kind of essentially how it works. And you have about two years to retrieve it um, from archive, which would be on Filecoin in cold storage, essentially. But even so, only the end user with their private keys can access their data. That's the um, that's what makes it so secure. Nice. That, yeah, I think it was Marson. I can't remember exactly when I when I spoke with him, but that's that's what it was. It, 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 hypothetically, if you were sending like thirty files at once, that each one would have its own unique like key or whatever he was saying. It was something something to that effect, and I was like, wow, I didn't even realize that. So it's even more secure than just yeah. That and, was wow. And, and each file has its own read write permissions, so you can give viewing keys and permits to different wallet addresses. So you can have like multiple people have access to the same file. Um, you could also revoke whoever the person that controls the root folder. Um, they could also revoke those read and write permissions as well. Yeah, that's that's next level. I like that. That's just so practical. You know, it's just that that right there is just really practical for like any business because we, you know, it's it's crazy how much data is out there on web two and just how you know, <laughs> they just get hacked all the time. And then you're just data is just out there. So yeah, that's, that's one of the things when I first found out about Jackal secret network that I really, it really resonated with me because there's just millions and millions of dollars of data. It just gets stolen all the time. So yeah, there's one other kind of cool thing is, is that if you wanted to build like a, dap in the jackal ecosystem which is kind of funny to say it just means that you use jackal for your storage um the the way that users can interact with that product is instead of the so when you go and log into facebook for example facebook has a file that's associated with each user um you could actually kind of flip that model on its head where that the application has read uh sorry write only permissions or read and write permissions to a file that you control in your 
wallet, your Jackal account. So that means that for them to provide you a good user experience, they can leverage a folder that you control to write all the data that they need to give you that great user experience. So if you want to leave, you can actually just revoke or you don't trust the platform anymore. You can just revoke, read and write permissions and you're on, on your way with the data that they needed to provide that good user experience. Does that make any sense? It's kind of, I kind of started oh, to write sure. a little that's bit. Awesome. Yeah, man, that's, that's crazy. So what are you guys, uh, I think, what, what, what was your goal of getting your token out again? Like your estimate? It was going to be this month, but we had to, we're kind of waiting for our audit to come back. So um, once we get that audit back, uh, we're going to kind of have a better idea. But by the end of next month, uh, we're going to have the Dropbox product online. We're also going to have the token launch. So it's, it's everyone's been saying stuff like we're trying to time the market and stuff like that when really we're just waiting for our ally to come back. So please be patient with us. Yeah, I hear that. So what do you think basically, um, I think it was the tokenomics of it. So it's just going to be an airdrop right off the bat to secret. Was it secret? And then what did you guys do? Because then wasn't uh, Terra a part of that too equation? Yeah. So so we actually chose not to airdrop to Terra way, way before this whole event happened. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be secret Juno Adam. Um, those are the three that we're going to be airdropping to. We don't actually have a public sale. Um, so it's literally airdrop. And the reason why we're not having a public sale is the only way to get the tokens outside the airdrop is actually to mine. And by mining, you just provide data to the network. And that's uh, kind of the whole idea there is we don't really flood the market with the token. So the people that mine, um, as in provide storage to the network, they get tokens and they can sell those tokens on the secondary market to investors that want the token for um, various reasons, such as like the six different revenue streams we provide by staking the token. So can you touch on that? I know uh, there's two different, was it, you guys call it a soft node. I can't remember your, your wording of it, but there's like a, a more ex- extensive one. And then there's like a soft one where it's like half the requirements. Yeah. So this is kind of where it gets really funky and we're getting a little bit technical here. So stop, stop me if, if, uh, if people start to snore a little bit, but essentially how, uh, how the system works is we have light nodes and heavy nodes. Um, the, what the light nodes do is, they uh it's it's pretty pretty light when it comes to hardware Uh, you can pretty much use an old laptop if you wanted to and these are kind of like the the highways of the system they act as the the speed it brings that speed to jackal storage um so what they do is they a a deal happens so if i drag and drop a file into um, the dropbox that we're creating and i send it to the network likely a light node will grab that file for that light node to get paid it has to find a heavy node and the reason why we have heavy nodes as well is costs about like $7,000 to purchase one of these things. And the reason why they're so expensive, and we work with protocol labs from Filecoin to build this specific thing. We wanted to go from hot storage, which is that speed caching layer, the, that great user experience you're used to with most Web2 companies. Um, we need a way to get the data from the hot storage caching layer to cold storage Filecoin archiving where it, it's, it takes a little bit longer to get that data because you're not querying it very often. So what we do is we have these heavy nodes that act as Jackal, they run the Jackal client software, so they provide storage to our network, but they're also Filecoin Lotus nodes. And the reason for that, and the reason why that's important is because if we didn't have every single heavy node be a gateway, um, we would have a centralized choke point of failure between Jackal and Filecoin, which wouldn't be great. 
So um, that's kind of the reason why we have these heavy nodes. We work with Protocol Labs. Uh, they're awesome. And a uh, great, great team over there, nonprofit, absolutely um, adore those guys. And they've helped us out quite a lot. But uh, that's kind of the two different node systems. And if you have any specific questions about that, uh, we can talk. And there's actually an economy between the light nodes and heavy nodes because the light nodes have to pay a heavy node to store. So light node nodes get over incentivized. They take their tokens, they find a, a heavy node to pay. And that's kind of how the heavy nodes make a little bit more money than the light nodes would. So I, like, it makes sense that way. Yeah, it definitely does. So I was going to use a perspective of like, let's say I have a corporation and I want to use your service, but I also have a lot of files that I have in archives. Are they going to know that they need Filecoin or, or are they just going to have to have Jackal and that's it? Um, you, you don't need to know anything about Filecoin. Like the user experience is, is pretty much drag and drop and then you're good to go. Um, so for a lot of, so Jackal can't take Visa and Jackal can't, be compliant so we actually rely on white labelers that are going to kind of like front load the compliance and all that stuff so we can increase the cybersecurity digital privacy posture of the underlying infrastructure itself so we kind of take it off the chin for that to provide um, a, a great product and make sure that it's um, it's bulletproof from a cybersecurity standpoint um, but depending on what front end you use right so if you're an entrepreneur and you want to leverage the jackal software build your own front end turn on auto-approved transactions and provide a product that people don't even realize they're using crypto. That's an option. Or if you're a little bit more technical, you want to go buy direct from Jackal, that's an option too, where uh, essentially you just purchase Jackal tokens um, or you just pay in USDC because you, you have both options. If you pay in USDC, what happens is you actually buy back Jackal and then redistribute that to people that are staking. Um, but that's kind of, you just pay $8 per terabyte per month. Uh, that's how the the system works, and you don't have to have any Filecoin tokens. You don't have to have any of that stuff. No. Nice. All right, guys. So, if anyone out there has any questions, I know Anton, you you uh you asked to speak. So, do you have anything to add? Let's say if not, we're going to wrap it up soon. Uh, you know, it's Memorial Weekend. I don't know. You guys in Canada don't celebrate that. I don't think so. But in America, it's kind of a big deal. It's for the first we, holiday, we worship the Queen. Okay. <laughs> so it's like this the first holiday where for the most part the weather's no matter regardless of where you live in America, it's the weather should be good by now, I would think. But if it's not, I feel bad for you. But uh <laughs> yeah, I uh, I live I'm I'm in PA, so I went to Florida and I came back on mo Monday, this Monday, and I was like, Man, the weather is just so much better there than where I'm at. For this whole week, today was the first day since I've been back where the sun's actually out. It's just been the weather's been warm, but it's just we have so much. We it rains here in PA so much, like it's so old, man. It's like every day it rains, the sun never comes out, and then it, it just rains more. So it's like actually nice out today. I'm like looking forward to going outside. I think it's going to be nice tomorrow too. And Memorial Day is pretty cool. It's just like a big day of just cooking out and drinking and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure everyone else is here too. So well, I'll jump in and just say, thank you. Also, as usual, you're awesome. Uh, this, I think the second time when you've uh, had us in to sit down and network with others and, and it's, I love how chill it is and just have good conversation. I've, I've learned a ton. I've got a, like a whole page full of notepad here. We've got to go uh, read up on all this stuff. So uh, thank you guys for having us. And it was very nice to meet everybody. And thank you everybody who joined to listen in to it. Yeah, opportunity to learn and talk about Badulum is, is a win-win, especially on a Sunday.
Oh yeah, I appreciate everyone stopping by. You know, a lot of people just use it as a as a po- podcast format, and I appreciate it. It's just, uh, it's, it's, I love it, and it, it's nice too because the event, I, I like, I almost lost my voice because we had to talk so much, and it was super loud there. And then we were going out to like parties afterwards to network even more, and it was, it's a good time. But you know, this whole week, I, I today was like my first day of like kind of getting my voice completely back, and it was just for the most part, just sitting back, just listening to you guys all talk and ask questions. So I appreciate that too. And yeah. So if anyone out there has any questions, you can DM me and uh, I could ask any of the teams and stuff like that. I appreciate you all stopping by. I appreciate Sefi stopping by Um, everyone else. I hope you guys have a good Sunday, have a good Memorial day and take care. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was the cosmos potluck NFTs, IBCs, web threes, all that stuff hosted by cosmos Haas. Recorded on Sunday, May 29th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Sipping on a little bit of sin I've been giving Try to keep it written down So it feels like I've been living I've been realizing a minute Reality ain't got limits Going out my fucking mind Testing out the physics Stretching out the distance For instance Let me be specific The risk is hedge funding the business Betting on the difference Ingesting all the research Sleeping through the rebirth Sliding out feet first Sleep tight little dreamer Early to bed Early to rise With a rugged ass demeanor Taking beats to the cleaners You know I love my t-shirts And the people who support my little dream here Transparent cows, I gotta steer clear 2020 going down is one fucking weird year Take a second, look around, the psyops is winning Set the table, we just biopsy dinner Now, I'm gonna react to that and act like I'm telling you a personal anecdote Something to break the tension Something to endear myself a bit Something kind of, uh, embarrassing <laughs> And you guys are gonna make an awe sound it's true. It really happened. They got a tracker in the phone, tracking everywhere we go. When it's fine, if I don't know, I already sold my soul. Getting ready, rock and roll, tip the first domino. Feeling up, I'm in a bowl with these avalanche flows. Stop and rest on the road, gotta get where I'm going. And the rest of y'all know that we hit the ground sore. And I'll be coming for the fuckers that be summoning the trouble. Running on the double while I'm handing out the W's. Putting wins on the board every fucking day. They love me on the team because I know my fucking place. Better get in where you fit in, I'm delivering the meaning. I I inherited the demons, always sneaky, never seen them If I'm breathing, I'm reading, I'm not even being conceited I need to see for myself if you think that I'm believing It's the season of reason, y'all be seizing the research I'm receiving the meaning, that shit's called teamwork It's not so much as so little has to do with what everything is But it is within our self-interest to understand the topography of our lives unto ourselves The future states that there is no time other than the collapsation of that sensation of the mirror of the memories in which we are living. Common knowledge, but important nonetheless. Terror spaces.